0: Welcome to Coles on the Coast, the podcast where we talk about riding the waves of sustainability, preparedness, and living the small homestead life. I'm Charlie. And I'm Jessica. And today is April 16th, and today we'll be talking about hurricane preparedness. And really, that's the mindset that we had in play when we were riding this out. But it's really severe weather preparedness and almost preparedness in general. We'll hit, we'll hit on several topics as we go through. But uh yeah, th- because it's getting close to the summer, we we're, we're trying to hit on this cuz at least in our neck of the woods, if you're if you don't have a game plan in play before June, July, August, September, October, before those months hit, you're going to be, you know,
1: you won't have time to get ready what you need to get ready.
0: Yes, exactly. Especially for bigger priced items that you may need to save up for. And we'll get into that. So...
1: Why be severe weather prepared?
0: Yeah, because that's the big question, right? Why be prepared? And it kind of goes into, like, we've been listening to Nicole Sauce and several other folks the last couple weeks, and it's come up, they've gotten questions like, How do you live in a place that has tornadoes? Or how do you live anywhere, right? And it all comes down to risk management Mm -hmm. for wherever it is that you live. Because, you know, why be prepared? Because that's your job as somebody that lives in a location. It is your responsibility to safeguard your possessions and what you hold dear best that you can regardless of what risks you may have in that location so and it kind of comes down to you need to know what to do and you need to be able to do it in order to keep yourself alive and to keep your family alive and to secure your homestead the best way that you can whether you be in an apartment or you be in a you know a house or on a farm or whatever anything that you have that you're building that's your homestead right and in most situations we we tend to have a thought of you know the power's gone out i'm going to sit here and wait till the power company comes and turns it back on yeah right we have a bias toward normality in the normal world we'll have somebody to come rescue us
1: yeah and and our whole episode today is about how you don't have to play the victim if, especially if you live a place like this, when we're talking about hurricanes especially, it will happen. Like, if you live here for more than a year, you will get hit by a hurricane, or at least a tropical storm, or you will have a tornado warning, or a tornado watch. It will happen. <laughs> so, being prepared, you know, it sets you at ease. And just knowing that that will happen, but it's okay. Like, having a plan in place, it can make you feel a lot more peace and just know what to do.
0: Yeah, so... main idea, get ready to take care of yourself. Don't rely on others in the case, in the event of an emergency. Our main topic today is going to be about severe weather. And that includes floods, tornadoes, hurricanes, you know. Winds. Yeah, straight line winds, crazy stuff, tornadoes. But it's going to be more toward hurricanes. And the, the crazy thing about hurricanes is that all of that, Mm-hmm. floods and winds and tornadoes, all that kind of comes in at the same time because these cyclones create all sorts of craziness. And, One, I mean, go ahead.
1: Sorry. One thing that I didn't necessarily put in here or that we aren't going to talk directly towards is going to be earthquakes. That's not something that we deal with here, but I think a lot of this probably would be along the same thought. I don't think there would yeah, be a whole lot Yeah, some of different. it
0: will be. It, not entirely, yeah. but... We'll point some stuff out when we get there. Um, But first, we'll talk about floods. So, in areas where you're prone to flooding, one, you're already required to have flood insurance. So, at least your house and whatnot is insured to some degree. I'm not 100% sure on how well that insures because we, thankfully, don't have to have flood insurance right this minute. But, you know, you want to make sure that you can secure your house and prevent water intrusion as best as you can. And even in a hurricane, like at our house, when we get side-blowing you know, side winds,
1: mm-hmm. it's
0: going to drive that rain through and under the threshold of the door. So, you know, we don't necessarily have to have sandbags, but you can put sandbags in front of your door and around the bottom to keep it from kind of keep water from ingressing. you can put towels on the inside to kind of absorb any residual Mm -hmm. maybe even on your your window frames or your um window seats right because sometimes the windows you get a nice downpour at like a freaking 45 degree angle and it drips right down between the seal where your window slides up um
1: and a lot of that can just be from having some cleaning towels on hand like Just in a normal circumstance, everybody probably has their closet with their cleaning rags or towels. And if you don't, you probably should work on that. Take your nasty ones and put it somewhere where you can get to them easy. Yeah. Just because, you know, first rain, you can kind of see those kind of things happen.
0: And like for people that are really in a flood prone area, you want to make sure that your really important documents like your birth certificates and social security cards and all the things you're not supposed to carry with you are in waterproof containers and that they're secured some way. That way they don't get washed out mm-hmm. if for some reason your house does flood and the water goes up two or three feet inside your house.
1: Yeah. And people, too, can look up where the flood advisories are in their areas. I know we did that before we bought our house. So if you're in the process of trying to figure out a place to live, that's a good thing to do. Is How, how do we find that again?
0: Um, it, I think it's actually... It's either USDA, it's a government website because the government is the one that, they mandate all the flood insurance, so they have to know where everything's at, that way they can produce their own flood insurance.
1: Yeah. And you can probably get a good idea anyway. If you live on a hill, okay, you may not necessarily have a flood to your house, but your driveway might get flooded. So I'm thinking like my sister, she's on the top of this like hill and has this gully for a... Driveway. Well, there's a really good chance that her driveway could either get washed out or at least get covered. So if she wanted to leave after a flood, she might have issues. So she needs to have, be prepared for that. So there's more in the line of flooding sometimes than even where you – the water coming into your house too. I know that when we lived out in Elsinore, we didn't have problems with flooding to our house. But we did have situations where in the summertime sometimes you give them, have a monsoon of rain and there were two bridges on our way to church, and they would get flooded, and you just couldn't go to church because there was no way to get there. And um, same thing about one of the roads is 181 down in Spanish Fort would always get flooded out or just things like that. If if you know where those spots are, if you have to drive somewhere to go to work, you want to avoid those. I think most people probably know that, but it is to be said that you kind of need to know in your area and your location, even if it's not in your house, where those spots are that will flood and just you know be mindful of it if there's a lot of rain
0: and something that'll probably come up multiple times in this is that if for some reason you are told by your local authorities to evacuate take that into extreme consideration because if it's bad enough that they're going to tell you say hey there's a chance it could flood and if something was to happen, we're not gonna be able to make it to you. You've gotta take that into consideration. If your house was to fill full of water, would you be able to survive?
1: Or everything around you.
0: Or yeah. You know, if everything if you don't was have to a
1: get a boat and everything is an ocean around you, are you going to be able to do well for a week? I mean, or let's two? look at
0: Katrina, right? That was the biggest failure of government to act in an accordingly way that we've ever seen. Right? They failed to notify people that they needed to get out because they didn't take the hurricane seriously enough, quick enough. And you had people standing on their roofs and I don't know how these houses didn't wash away.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Because
0: water was all the way up to where the roof met the walls.
1: Yeah. And you had these
0: people standing on top of their roof you know, yelling for help. And there's nobody there to help them. You know, (laughs) most people left with any sense already left. And it's not that these people that were there didn't have sense. It's that they couldn't leave.
1: Yeah. At that point it was too late. That's why we said, don't play the victim. (laughs) Know what you need to do. Um, That's probably about it. I mean, it it probably would be handy if you know there's a lot of water around you or can be near you if there's a lot of stuff. You might want to have some type of float device or boat, but, I mean, you know your location. Not everybody
0: can have a boat or a floating device.
1: Yeah, that's kind of...
0: Know how to swim. Yeah. That's a life skill that you should probably know anyway. But really, when it comes down to it, swimming in flood water, that's a whole different thing because there's currents and it can snatch you underneath and you could just...
1: I think that's another point, though, that community is a big thing, knowing who is around you and who can help you if you were to need it to. Yeah. And who you could help if you needed to. That's important. Anyway, we can get off that. So, winds and tornadoes, Charlie. All
0: right. So, yeah. yeah. Let's see. How can we... So, in South Alabama, and other podcasters will talk about this as well it seemed it seems that the location of like tornado alley is kind of shifting toward the east some so it's become more prevalent that we're having to deal with tornadoes and high winds and stuff like that and sometimes you can plan for it right sometimes you can't so that this is really multifaceted kind of thing If you live in an area where you have high winds or you can have the possibility of tornadoes or straight line winds or anything like that. You know, you want to make sure that you've got all of your like small structures in your yard secured to the ground real good with what we call hurricane straps. Yeah. And that your yard is relatively clean or at least, you know, things put away. You don't want random stuff. You don't want a trampoline in the middle of your yard to take off and fly across the yard to the neighbor's house and land on their roof.
1: Yeah. That's already happened the last couple of weeks. This is all fresh in our mind because we just had a really a, a pop-up storm yesterday that people had cleaned up from a few days prior. The pop-up storm happened then and we had piles of trash on the road and then after we had these straight line winds it would like it blew spread all it all out, out, out everywhere. <laughs> So I guess it's, I don't know, like, part of me is like, you should clean up your stuff right away, but I guess the other part is,
0: yeah that doesn't
1: happen all the time.
0: If you've got larger trees with limbs that you're afraid are going to, trim your trees so that you don't have large limbs falling out. We've got a large limb falling, that's falling out of our oak tree, but it's, it's way up in the air. Yeah. And... You know, it's not something that you can easily trim. But if you've got something that's relatively low to the ground, yeah. that you can kind of trim off and make it where it's not going to be a hazard to you, go ahead and cut it. Get it out of the way so that way you don't have to worry about it.
1: Yeah, before a storm comes.
0: Um, you know, and you want to make sure that you have a safe place in your house. Because they talk about when there's a tornado warning, you want to get to an interior room. And the bad thing is, these modern houses don't tend to have interior rooms. Everything tends to be, you know, on the outside. I'm trying to think of the, the floor plan of our house, right? Every room that we have has an exterior wall except the hallway closet. Yeah. But it's not big enough to hold anybody. Unless you were to take everything out of it, not use it as a storage room, and then pack everybody in like sardines. (laughs) Right? So you have to kind of plan as to where you're going to be or where you're going to go when you have a high wind event. And that may be the hallway. That may be the best place that you've got. Or maybe you've got one of these houses that's got a nice large closet or nice large bedroom in the middle of the house. Right? Because you don't want to be on the exterior in case... I mean, if your roof gets snatched off, there's not a whole lot you can do. Right. But if you're in an exterior room with a window, and the window gets sucked out, and you have a lot of pressure flowing through that room, you know, if you can keep out of that area, then you're doing relatively well.
1: Yeah. And a lot of people, like, when these tornadoes will pop up or straight-line winds, they'll, like, want to just watch the TV instead of getting into their room and that's always funny to me. It like that's why you need to have your radio so that you're able to be in your safe place but know what's going on locally.
0: So it's funny that you mentioned that cuz the other day I saw a reel on Facebook where this this kid goes up to his dad and says, "Dad, tell everybody how Buffy the Vampire Slayer saved our lives." <laughs> and he said, "Well, it's like it was like the the series finale of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and the weather was bad outside and a severe, th- like a hurt, a tornado warning came on, right? Mm-hmm. And your mom and you and your sister and your brother, everybody went and got in the storm shelter and I said, screw it, I'm sitting here, I'm watching this show, I've been invested in it, I'm not gonna miss it. <laughs> and a couple hours later, the show was over, he got up, he goes, well, where the heck is everybody at? So he went outside to check, because they all went outside to the storm cellar. Uh-huh. And it turns out the big oak tree in the yard had fallen. Oh, my
1: gosh. And
0: trapped everybody in that storm cellar. And had he not stayed inside the house to watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer, oh
1: gosh, they, they would've all would have been,
0: been trapped.
1: Well, you need a communication device while you're down there, too.
0: That's true. <laughs> but that also goes to say, if you have a storm cellar, yeah. And it's in the ground. Don't have trees and stuff around it that could fall yeah. and trap you.
1: That's a good you point. Know?
0: Don't, don't create an entrapment type situation with anything that you're doing to keep you safe.
1: Yeah. Oh, man. That's a good point. Because
0: especially like the hallway closet, right? If we went and got in the hallway closet and the house was to collapse, we'd be stuck in it. Yeah. Right? Oh,
1: man. That's true.
0: You don't want to create an entrapment situation.
1: Yeah. Especially if... I guess that's part of your plan, too, because perhaps you should let someone locally, somewhere close by to you know what your plan is, like where you would be going. Someone you can trust, you know? Well,
0: that's why you share that with your whole family, even your extended family. You say, this is what we plan to do if something was to happen. And and that's why you plan ahead. That's why, like, um, Jack Spirko and everybody that kind of is in that group, right? Mm -hmm. The extended family of the Survival Podcast, whether you're living free in Tennessee or The Toolman Tim group. It's always taught that you have a binder or a folder or something that's got a plan as to where you're going to go if something happens. The backup plan, if the first plan doesn't work, Mm -hmm. and the backup plan of that one. So you've got A, B, and C in the folder. So if something was to happen and you weren't at your house, they could go and look at these three locations to find you. Right. Mm-hmm. And so as long as you have that and you, you've, you know, you've shared that with people that are important to you and that are going to be looking for you and that care about you. Yeah. You'll be doing relatively well.
1: Yeah. Cause I know that we have people call us as soon as there's a tornado watch. And they're
0: not even from here.
1: Yeah. They're from, all they're, over.
0: They're from Prattville. They're from, you know, Greenville. They're from a different city all across the state. And they call us and they check on us and they make sure that we're Okay. Um. But to the main point,
1: we we're talking about winds and tornadoes.
0: Hurricanes now. Hurricanes, they're unique in the fact that they are predictable to a point. We can have a general idea as to where they're going to hit. We can have a general idea as to their intensity. Up to a week out. <laughs> so you have a week to prepare. And, of course, we're not all going to have our yards clean. We're not going to have sandbags around our doors. But you've got a week to make sure that you've got yeah. something to keep the water from getting in your house and kind of messing up your floor. You've got something that you can tie your trampoline down with, that, you know, your yard's relatively clean. You know, you can still find a place in your house. You can still kind of build a plan, Right. right. But to do a full, taking care of it within a week isn't really possible,
1: especially with work. If you and your spouse, if you're yeah, married, if you're exactly. married, you have to work and get all that stuff done. And oh, something we forgot to mention is well, I guess it it matters more with hurricanes. A lot of people board up their windows. By the way, don't tape your windows; it won't help you except to well, pick up the glass. But
0: <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about <laughs> that. That in a second. kind
1: of stuff all adds up. With time and labor and if you don't already have the supplies, but...
0: Yeah. And the reason why we didn't talk about board your windows during the winds and tornadoes is because mainly when it's just high winds and tornadoes... You're not going to that That's know. spur of the moment type yeah. thing.
1: Yeah. So this is more... a lot Like we said, a lot of this we kind of had pre-planned for hurricane preparedness because that's kind of what's facing us.
0: So, but with a hurricane, you're going to know generally what's going to happen. But there's a lot that goes into preparing for it that you have to do that well aware, really needs uh, to be semi-prepared prior to
1: Especially to now, worry. because right now supplies are still low in a lot of stores. It might be difficult to find some of the items that will make your hurricane journey a little bit easier or harder, depending on whether or not you have them. Yeah. So. All
0: right. So let's kind of hit back on the, the flood stuff. Flood stuff with a hurricane, if you know where you're gonna have water intrusion areas, you can mitigate those as well as you can. You know, put a couple sandbags on the bottom of your in front of your threshold, put some towels inside the threshold. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you if you have to evacuate for some reason because it's a very severe storm, you're not gonna be able to do that with the towels on the inside as well. So pick the one room that you think isn't gonna like your one exit door. Yeah. that you don't think is going to have so much water intrusion and exit through that one. So that way you don't have to worry about the towels. You
1: probably want to put anything that you need to keep safe in the most inner room yeah. or whatever your safest room is too in watertight bags in yep. case the roof does come off or something. And I mean, that's the thing about hurricanes. You often get trees on top of the house if you don't have them all cut.
0: Tornadoes maybe.
1: Um, Probably tornadoes you know flooding from whatever's around you it's just there's a lot and
0: with the wind you know you can kind of plan for where the wind's going to come from but generally most people around here would board their windows which we don't but that's we don't have anything that's really going to blow through it and if for some reason if the wind was strong enough to blow a hole through the window it's not going to worry about the plywood the plywood's not going to you can only do so much, right? And the forces of nature will take care of the rest. But, you know, if you're going to board your windows, make sure you've already got pre-cut pieces of plywood that are labeled. Yeah. So that when you're ready to put them up, you know where they go. You know where to put the screws in.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: if you got to drill the new holes, you got to drill the new holes. But at least you know where they go.
1: You can do that, or you can have um, any of the kind of shutters or hurricane shutters and things like that. They make a lot of different kinds. They make roll-down ones. They make fold-out ones. Those are a good investment if you have that money to invest, you know. But you really kind of have to look at your area. Are there a lot of trees, and do your neighbors have a lot of knickknacks? And or are there a lot of road signs around you? Or
0: how, co- how close are you to the coast? Yeah. Because that can make a difference too, right? Because when the hurricane hits the coast, it's at its highest intensity. And then as it goes along, it kind of decreases in strength. Mm-hmm. So the further inland you are, you may have less reason to have plywood on your windows. Yeah. But Jessica talked about how you don't want to tape your windows. In a residential home, that's true because your windows aren't laminated. They're relatively simple tempered glass. They're gonna break if something hits them. Mm-hmm. But you're in, if you run a business and you've got big nice plate glass in the front those are usually laminated glass so if you tape them if something was to hit it it would crack and at least that front layer wouldn't you, it's basically as a courtesy to keep glass from getting everywhere
1: mm, gotcha
0: that's really the only reason you're going to tape it
1: yeah, for a while though i saw like residential people like taping their windows because it, i mean it, it wouldn't the tape's me. not going <laughs> to hold it together yeah. it,
0: it'll just kind of keep especially with the laminated stuff it'll keep that exterior layer that's more likely to fall out into the you know and cause an issue gotcha it'll kind of keep it together um and and it might give a little bit of strength to it because that plate glass it can breathe it moves in and out it's got a plastic layer on the inside but if you're using the right kind of tape it's got this nice rigidity to it and it gives it enough flexibility that it can move and breathe but not enough that it'll just like snap right but it, as a general rule, no tape in your windows doesn't work.
1: We probably should talk about whether or not to bug out.
0: Yeah. All I right. Mean, we so already
1: mentioned it, but.
0: If for some reason. And this this has to do with you gauging your own situation. Because I know in, in most situations, the, the local sheriff isn't going to take you and arrest you for not evacuating. But. When there is an evacuation order, especially like on Gulf Shores, because they're they're on an island. Mm -hmm. If you get an evacuation order in Gulf Shores, you need to seriously consider whether or not you can actually survive the Category 3 hurricane that's going to come hit.
1: It may say (laughs) 1.
0: Because even with Hurricane Sally, it was a high-level Category 2, but it was a high-level Category 2. It was bad.
1: Yeah. And But they really didn't expect it to get that high. It kind
0: of sat and waited for a while. And because it sat, the tree, the ground got saturated. Mm-hmm. Trees fell. Roads were closed. Power was out for a week or two. Yeah. You know, it was a mess. And you kind of have to take all that into consideration, especially if you live on the beach. Because now you've got to think, all right, if I have a whole lot of water, you know, if there's a lot of storm surge... I can't leave. Is my house built well enough to withstand this? Am I in a stick-built, you know, wood-framed house that's been here for forty years, or am I in a concrete and steel building? Yeah. And as we know from the the condominium collapse in Florida, concrete and steel buildings don't always hold up either.
1: Yeah, it's important to think about the fact that even the most prepared person, if they're in a situation where they're going to die, you being prepared is not going to help you. Yeah. So you, you have to judge for yourself. And sometimes, unfortunately, the calls to evacuate come really late, like a couple days before the storms hit, and then you have so much traffic to get out. So that's where you really need your bug out plan ahead of time And again, to know what you're going to do if you are going to evacuate.
0: It goes back to that whole binder. You want to know where you're going to go, what routes you have, what options you have along those routes, And maybe even have a hotel picked out, a backup hotel picked out, a secondary backup picked out with the phone numbers. So as soon as you know that you're evacuating, you can call one, you can call the other, you can call the other one. Make sure that you've got a spot that you can stay. Right. Or, you know, maybe not hotel, but family member. Yeah. Right. If they live far enough away, you say, hey, I'm going to come stay with you. Is that all right? And they say yes or no. If If you can't stay with them, go find somewhere else. Right. But... And in conjunction with that, you know, th- there's always this talk about 72-hour um, bags, bug-out bags, stuff like that. But for situations like this...
1: You're going to be packing up as much as you can, probably. Well... In some situations.
0: Some situations. But, like, for a hurricane that you're trying to evacuate, and you, you, you don't expect... You can't plan to bug out... And to never come back home in most situations. You're going to have to have something together. So like with a 72 hour kit. Enough food and water to get you through for 72 hours. Enough clothes to get you through for 72 hours. And enough hygiene stuff to get you through for 72 hours. That's enough that if for some reason you go up to the Holiday Inn Express. And they've overbooked. You have to sleep in your car in Montgomery because there's a hurricane. You can stay in your car. Or go stay at a shelter. Yeah. And you've got enough clothes and food to make sure you and your family are happy for at least three days. Right. And then you can come back home and at least there was a home, right? You've still got
1: yeah.
0: mitigation. You know, you got insurance and you got stuff like that already in play. So, I mean, it's not like you're leaving the your house forever. But, I mean, at the beginning of the year, it's a good idea. Go ahead and get... Three sets of clothes ready for you and your family, put it in a bag, and at least have that and a couple spare toothbrushes and a, you know, a thing of toothpaste ready to go if for some reason you got to leave. That way you don't have to spend two or three days, mm-hmm. or at least, you know, four or five hours makes a difference, especially yeah. when you're traveling. Oh, yeah. You know, and if you're not having to dig through and find clothes and do all that...
1: You can do it a lot quicker. You can do it you could even send you know, part of your family while you're at work or whatnot because yeah. you have to finish out your day. But it, it's also important to know that sometimes you might not have to bug out of your entire location. Like, you might not have to leave the city, but you need to get to a safer place. Like, if you live in a trailer, a mo- mobile home, we did for a while, we would leave that every time we had a severe weather event, whether it was a hurricane, tropical storm, um...
0: <laughs> Even straight line. If we if we got enough early warning for a severe thunderstorm, we'd get out. I mean, we were only going across the yard to um, our grandmother's house, but still, we would get out and go across the street. And, th- and that was the same for me up in Greenville with my family. My granny lived down in the woods behind us. We would get in the car and drive down the driveway yeah. and go to her house. That way we at least weren't in this little you know, this mobile home that was liable, more liable to blow away right? if something was to happen.
1: So it might be a smaller, smaller move for you for bugging out, but it is important to have a plan and to let your children know about what that plan is going to be. It's really important. Yeah,
0: because you, you, especially in a high stress situation like that, you're already going to be stressed and your kids will pick up on that. Yeah. to a high degree and it will stress them out to no end so as long as if they know what you're doing and they know it's to protect them and they know they have a general idea as to hey we're going to grandma's house or hey we're gonna go spend the night in a hotel sometimes that's more exciting yeah than the threat of anything
1: and i know that, there have been times that i've i always loved hurricanes as a kid i was the weirdo that love the hurricanes. (laughs) I thought it was an adventure. So I know it it was good for me, but we always had a plan. I always knew what was going to happen.
0: All right, so if you're going to stay home, there's uh, a few things that you might want to take into account. One, you've got to go ahead and think about how if a hurricane hits, most likely your power is going to go out. And when your power goes out, there's the chance that the water is not going to run.
1: Especially if you have a pump. know you yep. if you're know running off of out. a
0: pump. And that's a good chance that you're not going to have anything to cook with. Especially if you have electric, you know, electric stove. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a good chance that you're not going to have, you know, that your perishable items in your freezers are going to go bad. you got to plan for every single one of those things. And, let's see, where, where can we start? Let's talk about power. So... That goes back to the blackout kit episode. You want to make sure that you've got a plan for a blackout scenario. So you've got flashlights, you've got batteries, you've either got an inverter for your car to run and charge things, to run a couple lights in your house, or you've got a generator that you can either plug into or plug into your house, you know, use an extension cord or plug the thing into your house directly, not by backfeeding. That's illegal in Alabama. It's legal anywhere. Don't do not do that. Right? G- do it correctly. Get you a, an interlock switch. Get you a Generalink. Get you something that you can actually safely plug your generator into your house. But then, once you've done that, you've got... Maybe you have an electric-powered pump. You've got a generator. Will it run the pump? Yeah. That's something you got to check and make sure. You know, you've got to know the limits of what it is that you've got. That way you can best use your power um
1: you also want to build your skills so going back to cooking if you don't have a gas stove even if you do have a gas stove you may need an alternate source to cook with you know having a camp stove handy might be nice i know that we enjoyed that the last time we had sally charlie just went on the back porch and just cooked up some eggs with a regular frying skillet but if you have one of those big Propane, What is it called? The jet thing? Yeah,
0: a jet burner for, like, frying fish and whatnot.
1: You can use that.
0: You can use it. Just turn your regulator down so it's not burning a hole in the bottom of your pan. I
1: know we did We did that with a cast iron skillet. I don't know if you're supposed to, but we did after Ivan. We cooked, I don't know, freezer stew for the neighborhood (laughs) with with a big old pot. But you can... And get a little creative. You had... Say you had a um, casserole in the freezer... And you know it's going to go bad or you just don't want it to stay in there, right? You need something fast to cook. Stick it in a pot. If it's something like pasta, you can stick it in a pot with a little extra broth or something like that. Cook it up on in a pot rather than, you know, in the oven. Or you can, I mean, some people go so far as to create solar ovens too. But you can use the grill like an oven too. It's not the best thing, but you can do it. You can put it in a tin full or put it in your pan and just keep the flame down pretty low and slow cook it it'll work you know and i think it's a really good idea to practice having power outages by camping whether it's just in your backyard or have one night every once in a while where you just practice not cooking in your kitchen
0: or here's an idea because your generator is a gas powered machine if you if if it's natural gas it's already got it set up to where it'll run on a weekly basis. But if it's not, you want to pull it out and run it every month. Well, just go yeah. and shut the power off in the house. When you plug the thing up anyway, it's going to especially if you got a general link like we do. I can plug the generator in with the power still on, crank the generator and it will switch to generator power. Yeah. Then I can go and turn on the couple things that I want to use, and then you can simulate a blackout scenario in your house while you run your generator. As, daily, as monthly maintenance.
1: Yeah, and you can make sure that it's working properly. Exactly. And I think we did hit on it a little bit, but you need to make sure when you purchase a generator that it's what you want it... that it's strong enough for what you want it to be used for. You, there's nothing worse than being in a hurricane with no power, trying to run two freezers on it and it not working. Yeah. Your freezer is well, still going out. Your
0: generator will run, but yeah. it's not enough to f- actually run the compressor for your freezer. So then you've got... Maybe it's enough to run one at a time, Yeah. but if you don't realize that it's trying to run both, Mm -hmm. then you've got two freezers that are going bad and you don't even know it. Right. You think, you you know, this false sense of security because you haven't thought about it in advance. Yeah.
1: So another thing with the whole food uh, storage and everything, make sure that you're keeping your freezer stocked with water bottles if it's getting low with inventory. That'll help it stay colder longer. You can throw your blankets on top of it. People go over all this stuff. It's it, called
0: a thermal battery.
1: Yes, a thermal battery. Because um, the
0: the more cold you have in the area, the more it will stay cold.
1: But for goodness sakes, if the power is out, do not open the freezer. Just don't do it.
0: Or the refrigerator. Don't, don't go refrigerator. check on it because you know it's going to melt eventually.
1: Yes. The longer you keep those lids open, the more cold comes out. And it doesn't come back in good unless you've got that good generator and, and espe- enough gas to keep it going.
0: And especially if you have an upright versus a chest freezer, because the upright freezer, all that cold air just spills out. At oh, least it. the chest freezer, you open it up and it kind of stays in the same spot. Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right, so that's a little bit about power temperature control. Okay, so if it's a hurricane, if it's not a hurricane, you might have to worry about heat. It's a good way to... It's good to have a heat source if your power's out. Yeah, in the
0: winter... In the winter. If you have a snowstorm and the power goes out and you have no heat, you want to make sure you've got an emergency heat situation.
1: We're going to say that, but...
0: But in the summer, (laughs) when it's a hurricane...
1: It's hot. You know, I mean, you can live without,
0: you know, air conditioner, but... If you have the means to buy a small air conditioning unit and to have it so that you can have one room in your house, mm-hmm. that's at least comfortable. You can go in there for a few minutes a day and kind of chill out or run it at night. Because yeah. I know for us, it's the nighttime thing because you're laying in your bed and so you're, you're yeah. sweating to death and just kind of want to cool off a little bit. Yeah. And during Hurricane Sally, Jessica was pregnant and... It made a world of difference just to have an air can, a small window unit with a generator running.
1: It was so, Oh my gosh. I loved, we had a friend who brought it over for me and I just, I cried. I was so happy because I was so hot. (laughs) Anyway, so take that in consideration. It might be good to get some little electric fans or something to keep on you. Even during the hurricane, you can't have the generator running usually, unless it's like a whole house generator. You mean some of
0: those little battery-powered yeah. fans?
1: I mean, it's not going to do a lot, but it makes you feel a little bit better that you've got something on you. Yeah. And, you know, your electrolyte packs, which we might talk about more with the food, but you want to keep yourself cool down hydrated. Enough. Stay hydrated. Stay yep. hydrated. Don't get sick. You don't want to have to leave. <laughs> Um, so, hygiene. This is a thing, people talk about it a little bit. There's a lot of stuff that you need to make sure you have. And, right? and this
0: may be even more important than food because you could go with food for a few days. But if your hygiene's not well enough, and for some reason, you know, hygiene can cause disease way more quickly than you can get sick from not having food. Right. And so, this is really important. And that's why it's kind of before we even get to the food section.
1: Yeah everybody talks about food. <laughs> but anyway, with hygiene, you need to make sure you have extra products of what is going to be good for you in these situations. You've got to think like some that goes camping that's a little bit more earth friendly is even a really good way to think about this. Do you have biodegradable soap? And you're probably going to say, Jessica, why does that matter? It does. I mean, you're going to be polluting your own soil, your own stuff. Just think about it. Just buy some camp suds or something that biodegrades better in your yard that's not full of fragrances, you're not going to want to smell all that extra. Yeah, you'll be stinky, but I promise the little bit stinky. of... stinky.
0: You'll be clean because you will it with some soap. Yeah,
1: but you don't you don't want to cover up other smells because that just adds to the sweat smell and it just ooh, doesn't work good. It might be good to have some apple cider vinegar. You can use that as like a hair rinse or to get the extra soap scum off, that, especially if you have hard water like it is here. Um, That can be kind of helpful. You need to have some type of plan for a temporary shower or bath, whether that is having a little kiddie pool that you can have a little bit of water or a plan to rag, rag, wet, uh, cloth bathe with. Um, some people even go so far as to have temporary showers. They can do a bucket system or whatnot. You can go as far out with that kind of thing as you can, but remember you have to have a source of water for all of that. And you're going to want to be careful because you don't know when your power is going to be back on a lot of places. Um, We want to stock up on our water beforehand. This is more important than the other things. Um, Especially if you are on pump or if you live in a city with a higher population that has contaminated water with every flood issue. We have a few cities around here that are like that you want to go ahead and fill up your bathtubs. I know this is a little scary if you have young children, maybe keep your bathrooms locked as you do that. It's not a um, drowning hazard. Um, You can get those like, not the huge, huge, huge garbage cans, but those bigger Rubbermaid ones, you might want to test it out first, but you can fill those up with water, fill up five gallon buckets with water, keep them in your bathroom to be able to flush the toilets, to kind of, have somewhat cleaner water to wash your hands with, bathe faces off, things like that. And um, make sure you have all that ready well before the storm comes. Make sure that you have... So for toileting, if it may be a good idea to go ahead and set up a compost composting toilet system. A lot of people don't like that idea, but if you're already interested in using that to have um, fertilizer and you want to start looking into that, it might be a good reason to kind of go ahead and, and look into doing that. Um, knowing how to compost your own, you know, waste isn't a bad thing. And it could probably come in handy because then you, if you, especially if you have an outbuilding and you have a composting toilet, then you're able to just use that if you don't have city water. But again, sometimes city water fails too. So it's never bad to have a backup.
0: Well, not necessarily city land. water, but city sewage. City sewage, Because yeah. in a lot of these areas, it's the small pipe that runs from your house to like a way station. And that gets pumped up to the larger areas where it gets it gets moved to the sewage treatment plant.
1: Yeah, the grinding pumps go out, and you and you don't have no power to get the grinding pump and, moving.
0: And then it'll back up right into the house almost immediately. Yeah, and so that's you... just
1: gross. <laughs> so have have a backup plan of how what to do with your your sewage because you're gonna need it, and you probably want to keep extra toilet paper on hand just as a general. You know, instead of buying the one four pack, go ahead and get the larger pack and do that more frequently. And keep enough to where you don't have to worry about it for a week or uh, more than a week at a time.
0: Keep enough so you don't have to worry about going to Walmart and buying four or five large packages of toilet paper and running them out of toilet paper. Yes.
1: So that's our hygiene. Some of it might get hit again. As for kind of in the same line, your medical stuff, you want to make sure that you pick up your prescriptions as soon as you can if there's a big storm coming so you don't have to go to the pharmacy. Um, you want to have your first aid kit, your med kit, uh, or whatever available and ready to use in case you need it. it. The bad thing about a hurricane is you will not get emergency assistance during it. They will not come. So you need to be prepared. You need to know who is around you again who can help you if you were to need more assistance that you don't know. But it's good to start looking into what you can learn now. So uh, next up, food, I suppose. We'll go into food, I guess. Uh, So you want to continually keep stocked canned goods, dry goods, things like that. But I would caution anybody that's stocking up food, don't just go out and get a bunch of random canned goods. You know, make sure it's going to be something you use. You want to rotate it out. So if you use black beans with your tacos, then go ahead and buy a couple extra cans of black beans to go with your tacos. You can always make bean soup if you need to. Um, And start practicing those recipes that you would make on your camp stove. This goes back to, you know, practicing camping in your yard, even if you're not going to sleep outside, which I probably would recommend every once in a while to do. But even if you're not going to do that, practice... What you would cook if there were a hurricane. You know, some people stack up on tuna fish. If you don't like tuna fish, don't buy the tuna fish. If you don't like canned chicken, don't buy the canned chicken because you're not going to want to eat it. And you'll say, but if I'm hungry enough, I'll eat it. Well, the thing is, you probably won't. You'll be that person that's waiting at the door when Walmart opens to go find whatever it is they have on the shelf that's not the canned chicken or the canned tuna. And I'm telling you, It's not fun to go in that place when they first open after a hurricane. Uh, So have the things that you're actually going to use. You Go ahead and get shelf-stable milk. Try it first, though. So get you one brand. See if you can stomach it. If you like cereal, try it in your cereal. If you don't like it, don't worry about it.
0: (laughs) And, I mean, milk isn't something that's, like, totally important, but I...
1: If you have kids, sometimes people if you got think kids
0: and you a box of cereal, and a little bit of milk goes a long way when you've got kids. Yeah. So finding a, a powdered milk that's actually palatable, we've had, um, we've actually tried like the Carnation brand, and the um, it's like Sabo or something like that, but the Carnation actually tastes relatively decent
1: we liked the probably liked the not most...
0: without refrigeration you know yeah. any warm milk's not going to taste good but the other one it had like a a browned milk kind of taste to it. it it i don't know it didn't taste quite right it was still milk but it was kind of it's a lot sweeter yeah i don't know but, so if
1: milk's important to you go ahead and figure out what product that's not that doesn't have to go in the refrigerator that you can tolerate the hormel Makes individual size milks, and those are pretty decent. Hormel. Oh, that's not Hormel, is it? It's
0: a or, um, the
1: little oh, cow. Gosh.
0: <laughs> Horizon. Or Horizon.
1: Something. Yeah, there we go. That one tastes pretty dang good. Uh, but
0: Parmalat or whatever that other brand is. Yes. The, it's okay. It's it's decent enough to where you can eat a bowl of cereal with it, but I w- I don't like it. But yeah,
1: I I don't think at this point we would even worry about milk. No, I mean, cause... we're raw milk drinkers anyway. We would just drink our raw milk as fast as we could, and just be without until we could get another milk delivery or go out to the farm and get some fresh milk. Yeah. <laughs> um, coffee. If you're a coffee drinker, you want to make sure you have some coffee on hand. If you like instant coffee, then keep some instant coffee around. If you can tolerate it and you know you'll drink it, you can keep that with you. But other, don't do anything you're not going to drink. You know. So. Mm-hmm. Uh. We've already talked about freezer backup storage a little bit. Make sure that if you have freezers, please, if you buy a whole cow, if you're like us and you like to stock up on your meat, have a generator or a plan if the power goes out, what you're going to do with it. You don't want it to go bad. I've seen where people won't buy cows near the summer because they had to throw so much away during Sally. And I don't think that's the right mindset. I don't necessarily think that you shouldn't be willing to purchase bulk meat but i think you have to have a plan for what to do and so if you cannot afford a generator then maybe you shouldn't get an entire freezer full of meat maybe that's something to save up for you know save your 30 percent in your paychecks and or whatnot until you can get one because i i really think it's worth the investment personally but you know you have to take in consideration for you and your family When you are keeping your food, you want to make sure that it's easy to access whatever the food is that you're going to be using during a hurricane. So if you have a prepper pantry, you need to make sure you can get into that pantry, that it's not in the back 40 of your house, or make sure that it's not the spot that's going to flood, right? That's not going to do you any good if your pantry is in the carport, and the carport floods every time there's a big rain. Um, Make sure that, you know, your food's actually going to be safe where you're keeping it. Make sure... Oh, I, I, I kind of mentioned this once. But re- if you're here and you are prepping for hurricanes, you need a good salt. We like Redmond Real Salt. We feel like they have a lot of minerals and that it's a good salt. Find you an electrolyte mix or use really good salt and know how to make your own electrolyte drink. Because you want to stay hydrated. You're not going to be any good to yourself or anybody else if you're not. I know Especially we said that, but it's if, really important.
0: Because... In most of these situations, you'll be outside with a chainsaw or with some sort of cleanup mm-hmm. equipment trying to take care of your property and other people's property. Right away. And you will sweat up a storm and be so sick.
1: Yes. <laughs> you do not want to be sent to the hospital because you're overtired and overheated. <laughs> um, so we already talked about practicing and, and by going camping or whatever in your backyard... And you um
0: Oh, here's one. So yeah, we talked about camping and cooking outside and blackout, you know, simulations. But another one is to take cold showers on occasion so that when you don't have hot water and you don't feel like heating up a whole you know, turning on the camp stove to boil a pot of water to
1: take a bath in. To take
0: a bath with, yeah.
1: That it's not a complete nutter shock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Because that's a lot to get used to, especially when you go from 80, especially when you're hot already and you go to take a bath with something that's, you know, maybe it's 72 degree water, but it's like you jump into the pool. Yeah. But you don't stay acclimated because it's just a continual little pouring on you. So you, you.
1: Right. It could be really cold depending on where you're at. I know here at our house, our attic tends to get incredibly hot during the day, so it probably would still be warm for us. Yeah. But some places it doesn't. I know like. And I think I kind of missed this when we were talking about personal hygiene. One of the ways we confronted hygiene is that we had friends who had city water, and we were able to go take a shower at their house intermittently during the two weeks we were without power. Um, So you do kind of want to think about that too, if you have some, if you know people who have that water that you can go to. I'm sure everybody does. And usually, when people find out what you need, they'll they'll offer what you need, or you'll know who to ask. But do practice those cold showers. There are actually medical benefits for that, too. You can look it up. I think we kind of mentioned this, too. You want to make sure that you go ahead and start stacking up your gas. And by that, we don't mean go out to the gas station, buy 20 tanks of gas, and just let it sit for five years. <laughs> because that's not going to do any good. It's going to go bad.
0: Yeah, you want to rotate it. Um, that's that's another thing that Jack Spirko kind of got everybody doing, is... You go and get a five gallon gas can and when you go to fill up your car in January or one week in January, whatever, you take the five gallon gas can, you fill it up with gas as well. Then in February you do the same thing and you make sure that you write it on the gas can what month it is that you bought, you know, don't write year, but just write January because once you get around to January again, yeah. You take that five-gallon gas can, you dump it into the car, you drive to the gas station, you finish filling up the car, and you fill up the five gallons again.
1: Yeah, so you have good gas.
0: So now you are gotten to where you you invest that first year, and then you break even the rest, because now you're using that gas, and then you're replenishing what you've already used. Yeah. And, and it's you might always have to staying do it. fresh.
1: At this point, you might need to do that weekly or bi-weekly to get ready for hurricane season. Whatever you can do...
0: Yeah, well, I mean, Cause, I mean, if you're talking about this whole, season, <laughs> it kind of throws the whole little si- sequence off. But yeah, you could do the same thing and just
1: with a smaller amount.
0: Do yeah, smaller amount or it, like you said weekly or biweekly, and just make sure that you use that. Don't let a year go by without using the gas, right? Get through the hurricane season with your twelve gallons, and then start using that first one that you filled up each month until you come back around to June or whenever.
1: Right. You're going to need to make sure that you have all of your fixing stuff there. Um, you do, Nothing's worse than being trapped in your driveway. So if you have a tree down in your driveway, do you have a chainsaw to cut it up with, an axe to cut it up with? Some neighbors that have chainsaws and axes to help you with it. You need a way to be able to get out to get any supplies you need or to help your community, to help your mother-in-law who lives across town because she has something wrong or to go pick her up because she needs to come to your house. There's always things, right? Um, So right after a hurricane, you've got cleanup to do. Make sure you have those things that you need, your rakes, your wagons for lugging things around. Have a plan for where you're going to put your tree debris. Usually we're told we can put it on the right-of-way in front of our house and they'll come pick it up for us. That can be weeks or even months. So be careful how you do it, please. We had people where the dang trees were in the road and you had to go around it. It was very dangerous. Um, so kind of have a plan for that. Kind of think about it before the before the hurricane comes. You know, what would I do with it? Um, have your tarps beforehand. The storms will run out. Have your duct tape. Have your... We'll see. What else do you need after... You know, anything that you bungie might... Bungie cords, whatever you need to cords, the, yes.
0: Right, because if you lose a few shingles and you've got a leaking roof, you want to make sure that you've got a tarp and something to hold that on to the house. Um, two-by-fours, I think usually the, mm-hmm. the idea is that you lay the tarp down and then you screw two-by-fours into the existing around it to kind of keep it solid or something like that. Yeah. I've never done it, so I don't really know, but...
1: You want to make sure you have those items before the storm comes because everyone will be at the store trying to get it after the storm's here or right before even. So start thinking about that ahead of time, what you would do to mitigate your issues getting worse. I mean, because maybe it's just a small patch on your roof that you need to, you know, have a little tarp, but you don't have one available. You, You need to get one. Um, Same thing with the gas. I know we keep saying gas, but you've got to get that ahead of time. You don't want to do it three days before the hurricane.
0: Make sure your cars are filled up. And that's, that's a general preparedness rule, too, is, you know, treat a quarter of a gallon or a quarter of a tank as empty. So you're never in a situation where you do have to evacuate, right? And you've only got a quarter of a tank in your car, and that won't get you all the way to your evacuation point. Right. You want to... Make sure your car is always full so that you never have to stop for gas in evacuation scenario.
1: Yeah, so we talked about a lot of things that you want to do and some things that you don't want to do, but we're gonna hit it again. Don't run to the like, don't wait to the last minute to run to the store. Get get these items as you can. We're not saying run to the store right now and get it all, but start adding it to your shopping list. Um, we're gonna put out a list of things that you want to have on hand for hurricanes. If you sign up for our newsletter, we'll make sure that you get it. Go ahead and figure out your milk, and don't rush to the store right before they, and buy bread, milk, and ice cream.
0: And don't buy an, don't buy four or five cases of bottled water because it's not going to get you that far.
1: Now, if you need, if you want to store water, get you some actual water storage tanks now, or start going to your neighbor who drinks lots of apple juice and those nice big sturdy apple juices or those good tea containers we talked about this on one of our other episodes you know find those really good things to put your water in and it can just be tap water especially if you have a filter you don't like if you have some type of Berkey system or something you don't need fancy water you just need tap water it just needs to be there for you um don't wait till the day before to get your gas and do not leave the house during or right after the storm don't be the person that has to be rescued because they ran out in the eye of the storm or an hour after it ended don't be that person you don't know what the roads are like you don't need to be the one to find out you know i might understand if you that's your job and you have an atv or the right equipment to do it But if you are the normal citizen, please stay on your property and gauge it safely. You're not going to do anybody good if they have to come save you. Also, please, for the love of all people with any kind of asthma, allergies, or anything else, do not burn your limbs, your fallen trees, while the power is out. Those of us who do not have power and have all the windows open will thank you tremendously if you keep our air clean. It's something that people don't think about, but even during the day, even at night, your windows are open so that you can release the heat from the house and nobody needs that smoke coming in. Nobody. So, um, Oh, one other thing we didn't touch on is trash. Make sure that you have a good safe place to keep your trash until the garbage can come collect your trash.
0: Yeah. It or at least yeah, just have a plan to
1: don't be burning min, minim, plastic. <laughs> minimize
0: your your waste as much as possible anyway, cuz you shouldn't be having a whole lot of trash to begin with. But then be responsible as to where you put it and don't burn it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like if you choose to do plastic or paper or plates during this time, which wouldn't necessarily be my first choice. But if you're going to do that, you need to have a plan with how to keep up with that much waste in a way that's not going to fly across the yard or be burnt and smell up the whole neighborhood. So just things to keep in mind. Um, Be helpful to your neighbor. But first and foremost, keep you and your family safe.
0: Yep. I guess that's it.
1: I think so. Unless we forgot something.
0: Oh, no. There was a lot that we took. Oh, we did. Entertainment. Oh, so, yeah. So, <laughs> another thing. <laughs> One last bit of information. Is if you've got kit. Well, for anybody. If you're going to be in the dark without any TV, without any radio, you're going to conserve your phones. Make sure you've got something to do. You know, make sure you've got a couple books. Uh, or at least something that you feel like reading. Um, maybe a deck of cards, especially if you have to bug out, right? So, you know, maybe have an emergency game kit in your bug out bag. So you've got something that you can do and have a little bit of fun and kind of lighten the mood, especially if you've got kids. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, like we said, kids pick up on stress and they get stressed out way worse than you do and you don't even realize it yeah so anything that you can do to kind of alleviate that stress and kind of make the experience a little bit more fun you know but i think that's it though Mm -hmm. that was like the only thing that we forgot to even mention so
1: remember how you can support us you can always call charlie small engines They'll do work on your generators and get them up and running for the hurricane season.
0: Or your chainsaws. Or any other small engine items that need to be repaired will come to you. We'll pick them up and bring them back if it's a smaller equipment. Or we'll repair it on site if it's something large that we can't um,
1: carry. We'll also be uploading a lot of our hurricane preparedness information to our subscri- subscribe star. Remember, if you support us through Subscribestar, so it all comes to us. <laughs> I can't talk today, apparently. Subscribe star.
0: So it, and right now it's set to $5 a month, and that gets you access to anything we put on there. Right now there's not a whole lot, but eventually we're going to have a lot more stuff on there because we're going to have to start paying for our podcast hosting. And so we, we, we need to create a revenue stream in this so that we're not wasting money on the podcast that we're doing. Can't so, be a net loss. We got to have something to break even or have a gain.
1: Yeah. Um, also, remember you can always call me Jessica Cole for your violin, piano, cello, or viola lessons. Especially if you're in the Foley Fairhope area, you can find my. You can contact me through the website or find me on Facebook, Jessica Lauren Cole. Um. Yeah. You hit it all?
0: I think so. So, anyway.